peace, everybody. Welcome to another episode of On Tilt. I'm Julius here with Mama Brown. How you doing today? I'm good, Julius. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing good. How? Hey, look. I always ask this question: How was your weekend? How was your week so for you so far? Yeah, it, it's been good. Um, I'm I'm learning a lot about myself as a leader, right? Um, a lot of growth is happening with our organization, bringing on a lot of new staff people, and that's a great thing. And, you know, we're trying to formalize a lot of different things, formalize a lot of processes and structures. And I kind of fell into this, this mindset or this place of like, just falling, falling into the structure and being like, well, I'm gonna let the structure and the process figure it out. And I was kind of like, um, I, I never neglect people but I was losing a little bit of the empathy and the compassion when people are like, Hey, you know, how do I navigate this process? It's there and it's outlined for me, but I still need like some guidance and some assistance. So it just opened my eyes to like processes are not the end all be all. It's like without people, you can have processes, right? So it's like people, people, people all the way. That's, that's where God has to be right now. Oh, wow. That is awesome. That's awesome. You know, yesterday I was able to sit on a panel discussion with Carlo University and it was incredible. We talked about policing on college campuses and some of the things that we can, you know, do differently where we're not weaponizing police officers, but we're putting a little bit more control back in the hands of universities to be more impactful and not impunitive, you know, punitive. Um, so, you know, it's an awesome discussion. Um, hopefully you get a chance to check it out. Um, there, Mon, Take Action Mun Valley, Fallen and Olivia, they both um, um, helped sponsor this. And it was, and Dr. Scott moderated it. It was just awesome. The panel, um, Dr. Henderson and future Dr. Mays, um, sat on the panel as well. And when I tell you that discussion was fire, what came out of it, students. We talked about students, actually. I know we're going to go to our silent moment of prayer, but we actually talked about students in a criminal justice field, being able to utilize their talents and skills in helping keep the campus safe. That's straight out the Marcus Jalen Brown Foundation, guys. Um, but incorporating your resources that you already had. And we talked about therapists and how, you know, there was the need for therapists that we're asking, where are you looking? Cause you have graduate students, you know, there's a lot of people, you have your faith based communities that can help. So it was the panel discussion was excellent. And I told them, and we're here. I said, matter of fact, I'm here. I said, I've been knocking on the door. Hey, let me come in as the adjunct professor. I'm right here. So people are here. The question is, are you, op are, is the door open? Are you widening the pool? And are you, are you accepting the resources that's right before your eyes? Yes. Mm -hmm. It was powerful. I enjoyed it. I look forward to doing more of them. Um, but before we start, um, we should go into a moment of prayer because again, this is suicidal month. 
and we're covering victims of um, suicide and those who are contemplating survivors of suicide. We're covering the whole gamut that's associated with suicide and just people in general. People, we're praying for you. We, Julius and I, we're both prayer people. We're people of prayer. And so, you know, this moment of silence is for this moment, but trust that we're praying for you. All right. Welcome back, y'all. So um, as Mama Brown said, we are still, what well, we're right in the middle now of Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month. So uh, we still want to bring awareness to this topic, um, particularly for Black and Brown folks. Uh, we need to be talking about it more. We need to be knowledgeable and educated. So today we're going to talk about uh, the intersections of suicide awareness, prevention, mental health, and social media, y'all, right? As we're being broadcasted on Facebook, um, you can catch us on YouTube as well. So it, it's, it's uh, social media plays a huge role, a huge role in mental health and wellness, um, suicide awareness and prevention. So we talked a little bit in pre-show about this being such a, a diverse, robust topic. Um, so today we're, we're, we're going to get into a lot of it, y'all, uh, with today's discussion. So, um, Mama Brown, as I always do, just want to give you a, a opportunity to, to kind of kick us off and what your initial thoughts are when you think of, of those intersections. Wow. Um, let me just say, I never thought about those intersections until it's been brought to my attention that social media does play. I mean, I know it plays a huge role. We talked about social media and peer pressure, and we kind of touched on it a little bit last week, but did, we never really touched on the role that social media um, plays, or, you know, whether impactful or hurtful, you know, um, but and what their positions are. You know, we never really discussed, you know, what Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, um, and some of these other search engines positions are when it comes to people posting and expressing themselves through social media. So I don't know about you guys, our viewers, but you, let me tell you, when you journey with us, you're taking a ride with us on new discoveries, you know, um, new insights. Um, we're, we're, we're with you. That's why I love this show about being on tilt because we're, you know, we're constantly chasing after balance, understanding that, you know, balance is one of those things that's hard to reach. As you can see, even in things like social media platforms, it's hard to get a balance. Whereas you're giving freedom of speech to your customers, um, your clients of your page at the same time, having a moral, ethical responsibility. So it's, what is balance? That's why we're on tilt, because we too always want to try 
to reach that place of balance, understanding even at that it's hard and difficult at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just to follow up and kind of piggyback on that, uh, we want to invite y'all to, to join the conversation. So if you have any, any thoughts, any ideas, um, any articles, um, whatever you want to share, drop it in the comment section. You know, we want to hear how you uh, engage with people when it comes to mental health, suicide awareness, and and wellness on your social media platforms. What are some of your your do's and don'ts, or what do you wish people did differently? Whatever your thoughts are, we want to welcome you to to, to chime in. Uh, leave us a comment, and we'll make sure we we stay engaged with you in the conversation. So let's start off, Mama Brown, talking about um, just our own personal you know, responsibility in the way that we navigate our, our own social media when it comes to mental health, wellness, suicide awareness, and prevention. What, what do you, how, how do you navigate it? Like, do you wake up feeling like, okay, I have a responsibility to say certain things or to not say certain things when it comes to mental health and wellness overall um, on your social media pages? You know, um, my first introduction of that was when I was at Freedom Corner. And there, 100% hands down, I thought it was important that I use my platform to speak about my own journey and processing, you know, what I was going through. I mean, who goes on a hunger strike for 237 days, you know, and it pushed back the plate, you know. Clearly, there's some mental health issues going on you know, when you make that decision. I'm a very spiritual person, but I do not discount the mental health, you know, crisis I was in at the time, desperately wanting answers for my son. And so I had to be transparent on my page, A, to try to reach those who knew what I didn't know, who could give me information on what happened to my son, at the same time, I had to communicate to family who was following me on these platforms that, you know, this is where I am, you know, because they were worried about me. You know, I, they probably thought it was, a, you know, after day five, okay, we give her day 10. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> day 15, wait a minute. Months now? This is, you know, so I had a lot of concerned family members and friends that in the middle of COVID, the only way that they could, you know, keep up with me and check in on my mental health, you know, uh, was through social media. So I, I personally tried to be as transparent as I could be, even at times showing, you know, moments of my breakdowns and moments of me having, you know, going to the hospital and the IVs in my arms and me laying in the hospital bed, which again, all of those things could be triggers to other people. And I'm thinking in what our show is about from a social media perspective, they're, they're like, you know, the, is the image of her being in the hospital. It's the image of her being on a hunger strike. It's very dangerous what I, what I did. And will it trigger other people to follow and to do a hunger strike, you know? Or does it insult? Those with eating disorder, you know, who um, struggle 
to 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 just keep food in their system or or their self image of who they are, you know, when they look in the mirror. I've been ridiculed and questioned, called out on that. And I always had to defend my social justice platform, my 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 first amendment rights to protest and, you know, peacefully by this form of protest, it should not be compared to someone with eating disorders. There, those are two separate, you know, um, entities and crises going on, and, and it should be looked at separately. So, yeah, it's, it's so much to it, Julia. And you make me think about Mama Brown, like the the responsibility and who determines that responsibility, right? Because you're going to have everyone on the outside telling you, Mama Brown, don't, don't post that, you know, or, to, or they'll just come right up and comment underneath it. What you need to take this down, da, 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 right? Like from every different direction, because there, you know, we, you know, we live in this like uh, the age of cancel culture. So you, you make, you know, one wrong, you say one wrong thing, then people will, will, will try to get you canceled or try to, you know what I mean? Don't, don't believe in this person. Don't follow them because they, whatever the case may be. So, um, so I see that part of it. And I also see another side of like, um, you know, how is our content landing with other people? And I always struggle with that because I'm, we're the same, we're similar in that Mama Brown, we're like transparent to just completely, you know, full, total transparency. So I'm the type of person where I'll go on Facebook and I'll write you a book and it'll be, you know, my, my deepest, darkest stuff, but I try to put it out there in a way, um, I didn't always do this. I try to put it out there in a way that there's a lesson in it. Like there, 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 there's, you know, I don't put out just the like messages of hopelessness or messages of like, woe is me. I need your pity. Like to where you got to like hit me up, like, man, are you okay? Like, I'm not, I'm not putting it out there to get that kind of response. I'm putting it out there because I'm hoping that some other young black man or young black voice or, or, or one of my elders sees it and is like, wow, I can't tell you, you probably experienced the same thing, Mama Brown, how many times somebody will message you or text you or call you and be like, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that message. Um, because it, it made me realize I wasn't alone. It made me realize I could share my story. Um, so, so you could have that happen with the same post and message. And then you could have another person right up under that comment or comes into your DM like, I didn't appreciate what you posted. It made me think about, you know, the, a loved one that I lost. It, it, it's like, it's never just black and white. So, I mean, there have been many times where I've like, we've all done it. You type out the message, you got a whole post ready, then you're like, delete. Yes. You know what I mean, you just, I mean, it hours on it. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, that, and that's how I do, right? Like, I've really, um, you know, I put, I put my like little mental health messages out and I'm, I, for me, those messages, it's not just me like twiddling my thumbs, like what kind of message am I going to put out today? 
they usually come from a place of pain that or, or learning that I experienced. Like not usually, they always come from something that I am that I that's manifesting for me at the moment. So I'm like, let me try to package this. And that's therapy for me. It's therapy for me to like rate that message out, work through that own personal uh, challenge, put it out on social media. And then people are like, damn, oh my goodness. I was, I was, I'm literally just dealing with that. So it's like, I know those messages need to be put out there. But like you said, there are other people that are like, hey, you, you being so transparent could trigger somebody who's not prepared or, or who's going through a place of like mourning or sadness. So it's like a double-edged sword you're kind of, we're kind of playing with, with social media. Absolutely. We, we really are. And, you know, I, I would love for our, our viewers to chime in and tell us about some of the things that how they feel when they're on social media. You know, are there some triggering points? You know, we have quite a bit of followers. Um, and so some of our followers have experience with suicide, suicidal thoughts. And I'm curious to know, has social media, has my platform been a triggering factor in your life? We want to know. We want to engage with you all. You know, please comment and, and chime in because, hey, look, it's on us to deal with these issues. You know, we, we, we try to read and we try to look. We go to therapy, we do a lot of things, but it, it, it takes a community. It takes us coming together to talk about this and talk about the resources we have. And one of the resources is social media. You know, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> so, you know, we have to know how to appropriately use it, knowing that we can't please everybody, you know, but we would like to hear, you know, it might be some great suggestions that I might can incorporate in my own platform, in my periods of transparent, being transparent. I'm a very transparent person. You know, I like to talk things out. I like honesty. I like to get to the core of the matter. I'm not afraid. If I walk away, my heart broken. So what? I'd rather the truth than not have it at all. So I tend to be a transparent person because I want transparency in return. Now, with that said, my question to you, Julius, I have a question for you. Have you ever in your period of being transparent, because this happened to me, where someone got offended, you know, with you expressing yourself that they contacted social media and asked them to remove the content and report it to your content as being um what, what, what's the word they like, you know, it's, it's something about against user guidelines or something crazy. Like yes because they did not like what you're what, what you were being transparent about it wasn't against anyone it was your own transparency about you know it, I know some of the things that you've been transparent about on social media when it came to COVID and, you know, finding yourself drinking a little bit more and, you know, some of the things about suicide with your friend, you know, there's several things that you've been very transparent about on social media and in, in your wildest dreams, you wouldn't think that you being transparent about it would affect someone to the point that they would report you as 
negative content. That's another thing that we have to deal with because that is triggering too. And it's like, I'm being transparent. Why, why is, am I getting this response back when this is my page? And we tend to think that we own our page. Yeah, that's a great question. I, first, I'm going to say all, all our social media friends ain't our friends. We know that there is just some people just, they just watching, you know, they, they keeping track. So, but I, I have, I, interestingly enough, I've never had that happen. And I think I know why, because I know, I know why I'll go, I'll, I'll get the thing, the hundred percent of it. And then I'm like, I'm going to do this at 95%. But at 5% that I feel like I know is, is it'll, it'll poke like, you know what I mean? It'll do a little more. Like over the edge. Yeah. Like, I'm like, all right, let me just put my pull it back. Up a little bit, so right it, it it hits, but it's not it, it's hitting like you know it's not hit hitting the same way or the same nerve. So I'm always, um, I don't know if mindful is the word to be transparent. Maybe maybe fearful is part of it, right? Because I'm like I don't want to I don't even want to deal with that. But what I what did come up for me though is that I have had people, um particularly men, particularly black men who have been like, man, uh, you know, and I'm kind of paraphrasing like, yeah, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to, um, I want to, I want to learn to, 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 to kind of share, like tap into what you share. But sometimes I feel like, you know, you might, it might be a little too much, you know what I mean? Like kind of, putting that that type of perspective so it makes me think like damn like am i being too uh quote unquote emotional right as a black man so that so some some black men are receiving it in a way that's like free they're like all right cool hit me up i appreciate this And, and they may tell me something in confidence you know what one of your things inspired me to um, start taking care of myself better, or I got into therapy and it saved my relationship. Like they're sharing things like that privately with yeah. me. But then if I get yeah, in box, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if they go on, or if I go on their page, it's like it's just business as usual, right? There's no no semblance of emotion, right? So the effect that that had th- those kind of interactions have had on me has made me like number one feel um refreshed that it is it is resonating with some black men and just people in general but then on the flip side of that coin whenever i hear someone say like oh you know you 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 know just be mindful you know you may not want to share too much it makes me like okay but but why like why why like okay if I share, all right, I'll put it like this. There's, there's a, there have been times and I haven't done this in a while because, because of this, where I have shared my own suicidal thoughts on my social media platform. And even when I do that, it's not just like, Hey y'all, I'm suicidal. Like dot, dot, dot. It's not like to where everyone is just frantic and like, Oh my goodness, we don't know what's happening. It's always been me being like, hey, y'all, moment of transparency. 
I am struggling. I've tried this, this, and this doesn't seem to be working. If you feel the need to, to connect with me, I could use some words of positivity. I'm going to get through it. So, so it's always been from a place of like, I'm going to tap into my strength and I know I'm going to get through it. Not just it's like I'm throwing it out there to get every, you know, to, 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 I don't, me, I don't want to worry people. Right. So there's still a piece of me that's like cleaning it up. Right. I'm still cleaning it. So they're like, okay, he's struggling, but he's, he's all right. He didn't really, didn't really seem like he was there, but there have been times where I have like really been there, but you read the message and you're like, okay, like he's, he's there, but like, he's okay. He'll be all right. You know, it brings me to a point where we know some individuals who are very much more transparent than you and I are to the fact that we have known individual, we're not going to say any, anyone's name, um, but we have no individuals who have um, actually invited us on the journey of their, you know, professing to commit suicide or, you know, a, a, um, professing to attempt to commit suicide. Sorry about my wording. And, and, and those who, who invited us on a journey of saying, I just rather not be here. You know, we, we have friendships and connections to people who are you know, on social media who are a lot more transparent than you, even you and I. And we also have witnessed the responses they have gotten through their being transparent. And a lot of it is just people outpouring themselves, saying, call me. Talk to me. Um, call the call this hotline. Call this person. So we've also seen where, you know, if social media starts to hinder that process, and, and Julie, I know you're going to be able to go in a little bit more about what are some of the things that social media are doing when they see these things happen. But if they start to um put constraints on how we share when it comes to things like that for fear of it might be graphic or is for the content or whatever. But uh, the flip side of it is, is getting our attention. And, and a lot of us are saying we're right here and we're saying we, we can be a resource, contact us. So we're being very helpful too. So, you know, I just worry about if we put constraints on, how will we then as a community help this person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. So I, I think about um, a few different things that came up for me when you were sharing that. One is, um, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, my route trying to be mindful of my words. And, you know, it's, it's such a sensitive subject matter and topic. Um, I'm, I'm, I think about like severe mental illness. Um, and this is coming from, coming from a social worker, um, who, who is always learning y'all. So just know that I don't know everything about everything and I will never profess to be in that space. But with severe mental illness, there could very well be a, a scenario where somebody 
is literally not fully cognizant of like what they're what they're saying or what they're doing um because of a you know because of because of the severe mental illness because of a chemical imbalance because of a trigger because of substance use or all those things uh, or substance misuse all those things bottled into one and we may we there's no way to really tell all that just through the screen you know what i'm saying so i think we might be like oh like what just hit me up you know and that person may literally be having like a uh a psychotic episode in that moment so it's like to your point being able to have like the the peer community support to be able to um wrap around and be present for people in those situations and as an extension of that your your peer and your community support be able to really know like okay what level of professional should we be engaging with at this time you know because if 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 um, I think that the like formula is like to have both, to have the like trusted family members and community support who could respond to it. Like you said, and be like, all right, we definitely need like psychiatric support to be able to like, or, or, or crisis support to be able to help with like this situation right now. And I think that that to me seems like one of the the biggest challenges um and i'm gonna stay with and specifically in in the black community because tying in the policing part it's like we're i'm we're not trying to call 911 or crisis right just because i'm in you know like i that that's the last thing last people i want to show up it's not that i don't think 911 has the ability or the resources to help me it's that I don't want the police to show up and kill me right? or, or the poor, whoever the, you know, if, whoever we're calling on behalf on or whatever. Right. So it, in, in, in Allegheny County, really the country and Pittsburgh and throughout the country, I really don't, I don't think anyone has figured it out when it comes to crisis response, particularly for, black and brown folks who have the, the, the strained relationship with police. They're trying to couple say, all right, we're going to send a social worker with a police officer. And there, there's some, uh, you know, I guess some data in some places that says it's, it's, it is producing positive results, but I just think we do need to be mindful of like, okay, which community members and which friends are showing up which level of, of mental health professional is showing up um, or calling or responding in these situations. So that, that's, that, that was like the long-winded first part of my, my response. And then the second part is uh, social media is, you know, I, th- I think they are being mindful of like, if you, if you type something in, they give you an opportunity to like, if, if you type in suicide, it says, you know, do you actually want to go forward and see these images and messages? Or if you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, click here and, and get resources. So just check Instagram does that. Facebook 
owns Instagram. They do the same thing. Uh, we just saw, we read an article earlier, TikTok is adding in some mental health stuff as well. So you, if you type suicide in your search engine in IG, it's going to bring you up that option, give you a little message, ask you if you need support. And if you click on uh, the, the support or resources button, it brings you these different numbers you could call for crisis and mental health support. Um, they have support for, for people experiencing eating disorders, um, veterans. I mean, there's like 15 or 16 call and text numbers. I just discovered this today. <laughs> that damn real time. <laughs> I just found that out. So, um, so there's that. And then the last piece I was going to say, Mama Round, like you see when people do a uh, content warning or trigger warning when they post something. Yes. So that's the, that's, I don't always remember it, but when I do remember it, I do it. So you could put content warning slash trigger warning, you know, dot, dot, dot. And then you, you can make a few spaces if you want. I don't always make the spaces, but some people makes, make, put space in between content warning, trigger warning, and when their message actually starts. So that way, if I'm scrolling and your message comes up and I see content warning, trigger warning, and you put the spaces in between, maybe I haven't gotten to your thing yet. So I could say, okay, Mama Brown is telling me that this message is about to be heavy. So let me, I'm going to either scroll quick, buy it, or I'm going to close out. You know what I mean? And log, come back in. So it just, it, it, it helps people be present in the moment to make a conscious decision of if they are able to engage with the potentially triggering content that you're about to share. So that's like a personal thing we could do. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Because a lot of times when we're posting, we're posting doing work hours. We don't know if people are at work, you know, or, or what's going on in their lives. So it gives them an opportunity to make a decision, you know, to pause it's, it, and take into account, you know, what it could possibly be, you know, um, certain people we know, you know, or social media tend to have a certain type of posting, you know. And so sometimes, you know, like I'm going to use young people, for instance, high schoolers. Hate to put you guys in this category, but it happens. Where fights break out, right? And the first thing they're doing is videoing it and posting it, you know. And sometimes... You know, you recognize the people in the fight. Sometimes the fights are so bad. You just like, oh, my God, whose child is that? Are they okay? You know, it's just, it freaks you out when, when young people post these fights. And sometimes they posting are not only of fights, but fights that have led to someone getting hurt real bad or dying. And they show the bodies even laying in, in the streets. Now, Instagram, a lot of them have been good about catching them where it doesn't get shared. But by that time, people are sharing, sharing, sharing of that same peer group, you know. So it, it, it's, it's good to have that, to not totally, I mean, I'm not, you shouldn't be posting things like that, but I'm just using graphic things. But if it's something that's graphic, like, you know, my good friend, you know, um, Wanda Cooper, who had to stay off of social media for a long time because she didn't want to see 
the repeat, the repetitiveness of Ahmaud Aubrey, her son, being, you know, shot down on a job through the neighborhood. But how many times have we seen that clip? A whole lot of times. George Floyd in the choking, in the knee on the neck. How many times have we seen that clip? A whole lot of times. So, you know, there, there's some allowable postings on social media that, you know, it's not always nice to look at. And so it's good to, to utilize, you know, this may contain some content that may be disturbing. It's up to you. But if you do proceed, make sure you're in a place that mentally and sometimes even physically that will, you know, allow you to safely look at the content at, at, at the same time is on your own terms. Mm-hmm. Good point. So excellent point. And, uh, you know, as we, we're going into the third part of this convo, Mama Brown, I think about how many times I've seen people post about being in, you know, mental or emotional distress or even posting suicidal thoughts and, and ideations that they may be experiencing at that moment. And it doesn't always happen. No, no, it, it doesn't always happen. But in a lot of instances, I've seen specifically on Facebook, right? Because Facebook is a different kind of engagement. I'll see somebody post like, they'll post their stuff, how they're struggling and how, you know, they, they don't want to deal with the pain anymore. And, and, you know, they'll post that message like that, that, that reality or that, uh, message to, to try to get some help, whatever the case may be. And then you'll see a few, you know, you see the comments start flooding in. And then when you sift through them, you'll see a couple people like, man, you, you good. Like, not like asking, are you good? But like, no, you're good, man. Like, you have been through this before. Like, you from such and such place is what we do. Like, so I think, what am I trying to say? A few things. One, it's important for us, especially as, as black and brown folks, to believe people. Like, it's, if, if somebody puts a message out that they're having suicidal thoughts or in a mental or emotional distress, that isn't the time to debate whether the, the, the level of distress they're in. Like, I just seen you yesterday. You, I saw you, like, that. Mm-hmm. Then they are likely not even in the right state of mind to even have that kind of conversation with, with anybody. So at that point, from my perspective, and, and again, you know, comment, uh, if, if you have other, other, uh, another perspective or vantage point or viewpoint at that point, I'm validating and acknowledging that's, that's all I'm doing. I ain't even try that. If, if it's a crisis situation, I'm trying to res- respond in a way that's validate, acknowledging, but getting crisis resources and supports, you know, as quickly as possible. But I'm not going in trying to disregard or, you know, try to say, nah, you know, you're good because the reality of their experience in that moment is that they're not, they're not good in that moment. So we, we got to get better at that. 
The second thing I would say is like, we have to be very careful on what kind of recommendations mm. we're giving people. Yes. You know, uh, healing, healing, helping can be harmful. Yes. Helping can be harmful, y'all. I, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm an empath. I'm a social worker. I'm a giver. I'm a nurturer. But sometimes I have to be like, you know, Julius, if you dive in here, that is actually not going to help the situation. It's not going to make it. You might feel like it's going to make it better, but that's a me thing, right? So sometimes like running to the rescue real quick is at least like be intentional about what you're bringing and check yourself. Like, am I, am, am I full enough? Is my, is my cup full enough to where I could even be present for this person? Cause sometimes it's, it's not, your cup is not even, they're going to have a drop in it, but then you run into somebody else that's in crisis. And now you get there and you start talking about your crisis. Now we got two people with crisis and nothing we can do about it. So like, yeah. Be mindful of if you if you if your helping is turning becoming harmful for people. You, you know, I got some examples of, of just what you're speaking of. You know, when I was doing the hunger strike, you know, there were people that were, you know, on social media saying, you know, they don't care about you. Just eat. They don't care about you. You know, um you're not, you know, you're you're not eating is, you know, just for media attention or, you know, so if I'm in a crisis, right. And, you know, me not eating, you know, because I'm in a mental health crisis, because again, you know, I am desperately trying to find answers for my, what happened to my son. At the same time, I'm doing a hunger strike at the same time. It's my first amendment rights, but at the same time, I'm still grieving. So you have a lot of things. And when you're not, you're depressed, depriving your body, you know, it affects every, your emotions, your, your mental state, you know, your physical state, you know, the pain It's a lot of things going through your head. So to have negative feedback, but they think they're being helpful because they're saying they don't care about you. Just do this. That, that is not helpful. That's not helpful at all. You know, and so trying to encourage someone to eat or do something to go against their principle, why, you know, and basically you're not seeing me, you're not accepting me, and you're not validating my why. It's a lot of people that put clear, clearly their why in words on social media about why they feel the way they feel, why they feel hurt, why they feel like. In these particular cases, wanting to take their life, wanting to end it all. But yet, instead of paying attention or acknowledging that, maybe, and I've read where feedback has came back and they said, well, look, if you're on social media saying this, then you're trying to do this for attention. That's not so. This might be their outlet of trying to reach out or they'll say things like you're not serious 
won't you go? You would have just did it and not said anything to anybody. A lot of people don't understand when it comes. They say that people who are serious don't open their mouth. They just do it. That's not true. That's to me, that's a myth. That's a huge myth. There are a lot of people who have cried out for years, not only on social media, but just in their circles, even in their lifestyle, they have cried out and we have not seen them. I talked about this yesterday on the platform. Half of the battle is just pausing and to see the person for, for where they are in the here and now. To not dismiss them, but to say, I see you, I acknowledge you, I validate your concern and where you are right now in this process. You are depressed. You are sad. You need these things to happen and they're not happening. I may not be able to make them happen for you, but I want you to know that I understand where you're coming from. And I'm not going to sit here on social media and ridicule you further for choosing this format to be able to express yourself. You know, that's why they always say, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything because you you don't know where this person is. And I'm willing to bet we've all been in situations where we have expressed ourselves and it has backfired on us with certain people. And Although certain people don't speak for the masses of supportive people, those certain people do matter. And it could be those certain people that Nolan voids all the support we get that really takes us over the edge. Like person who's struggling with, with addiction, they'll say, you know what, I'm so tired of you expressing how you're struggling here on social media. Just go ahead and or, 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 you know, I think the words take a gun, just go ahead and pull the trigger. Things like that. You know, they've been very hurtful things that people have said, thinking that they're being helpful and saying, look, get over it. And no, get over it is, is very unhealthy. It's very unhealthy comment to say to someone and to, to call their bluff or on social media is very unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and Mama Brown, I want to lift up a thing that you said that's so important. And I know for me, uh, even being in this profession, it just went out when it comes up, you know, out, outside of work. One of the, the biggest things that I am still working on, just per- personally and professionally, is being able to ground myself in these moments when people are either reaching out for support or they're expressing what they're expressing, right? Because, um, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a make this, try to make this connection y'all. And I know, I know black folks, I know we are not a monolith. I know we are different. I know we come in all different shapes and sizes, socioeconomic status. I, I know that. But we, we, we are, we are healers, right? Like I think that that's, that's a generalization 
that I'm willing to embrace that we are healers, right? And we, we like, we've just always jumped into action, right? We, we, because that's what grandma did with us. Like you, you, you got your best healing from grandma. She stepped right up, right? It was like, she, she didn't need no degree. She didn't need no book. She need to diagnose you, but you know, you left with that healing. Like it could just been a hug. It could be her spit. Right. So we, we, we know that we are healers and wow. I think sometimes what can happen too, is because we have so much pain individually and collectively as black folks, that that makes us want to, want to be more, do more of the healing stuff. Right. But if, if we're, if we're jumping in to try to provide healing and we're not at a state on a stable foundation, we haven't taken a moment to breathe. We haven't taken a moment to process. And mind you, that has to happen like instantaneously, right? Like if you're already grounded, somebody comes to you with, you know, with something, it's a little different, but if you're in, in a not so good moment yourself or not so good state of mind, and then somebody's like, hits you up, right? You, we've all gotten them calls or them texts. Somebody reaches out to you and you are in major distress. So, you know, it's like in them moments, it's like, wow, what do I do? It's like, am I, should I communicate with this person who I genuinely care about and say, I'm sorry to hear you. This is what you're going through, but I don't have the capacity to help you right now because that makes you, could make you feel like, damn, I feel, you know, I feel my friend, I feel my loved one uh, who was reaching out to me in distress, but you could do the opposite and try to show up and not be your full self. It will cause harm and still be further depleted. Right. And so sometimes it's like, we could acknowledge it, that that person is in need, let them know that we don't have the capacity to support them, but maybe, maybe recommend another support. And then, you know what I mean? Sometimes we got to like, you gotta, you gotta get, have the assist. You know what I mean? Pass it off to somebody else. Like we don't have to save everybody individually. Right. Like, that's impossible. Right. And, and to your point, you know, this just popped in my head. Um, I know a lot of spiritual leaders do this. You know, they will say, "You don't want to kill yourself because then you'll go to hell." You know, and or you know you will never make it to heaven or, you know, things like that. And I get where they're coming from. And it would scare me when you say things like that. But I don't know if that is a resource or helpful. It sounds, it sounds, uh, what's the word, Julie? It sounds, I mean, it. but it just seems to me that, I, I just have a problem with it. It's like a, uh, so I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a zoom out a little bit and think about like punitive stuff, right? Like if, if, uh, yeah, it's like punitive in nature. So, so you're still not fully hearing the person or like we said, seeing them and acknowledging them or 
you, it could be a situation where you, you get, you get frustrated, right? Cause you go through, you, you're, you're going through all the different things. I've had that situation. Somebody, I've been on the phone with someone, they called at midnight and we stayed on till four or five in the morning because I was trying to solve it. I can, I kept saying, I went through all the acknowledgement, right? I was like, all right. I was like, you know, playing double dutch. Like I'm gonna go through the acknowledgement. And then I'm like, all right, I didn't did that for 45 minutes. I'm about to offer you up a solution. Not offered up the solution. And they're like, I can't do that. Like they, they, they were, they were so stressed about a, about a family relationship from decades of, 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 uh, emotional abuse, decades of financial abuse, decades of, um, physical abuse, right. That meant that was manifesting in this conversation at midnight. And after 45 minutes, I'm like, here's your, your solutions. And they're hearing and seeing the there's potential solutions, but they're like, no, I still can't do that because there's still other stuff that I wasn't hearing. I wasn't, I wasn't fully acknowledging them. Like it, it was, they were acknowledging the way that in that moment, they were not suicidal anymore and they expressed that, but they still had some other stuff that they were like, I still need to work through and sift through this stuff. So just know that even when you're in, you may be well rested, your intentions may be well, you may be, you know, saying all the right things and it still might not be what that person needs and it's not a, a reflection of you or your work. It's just, that's just the reality in that given moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And at any time, we want to remind people throughout the show that if you find that you're yourself in a situation where you need to talk to someone and, and a Julius is not available to spend five hours on the phone with you, you know, we want, we want you to call the suicide crisis hot, hotline or text the hotline. We have all of those numbers and contacts in our feed. This is very serious, guys, because just listening to uh, Julius, you know, we're in a society that we have so many stressors that is unbelievable. Some of us are multiple traumatic, traumatic survivors, multiple layers, multiple traumatic survivors. And trauma traumatic survivors um we have people who are you know on su substance abusers because of what has unresolved issues from their childhood you know and that's how they nurse the pain you know so we might have someone that has um been molested and found drugs and alcohol as their escape you know from their pain there you go. You have two issues right there. Then it comes not loving yourself, not feeling good about yourself. You know, your self-esteem has plummeted. There we go. Self-love. Thank you for the mug. Yes. Julie, do you want to get mugs? Shout out to uh, Jessica Gurley, Mental Health Tea. She's got mugs, y'all. So cool. Yes, I, have to get, I got T-shirts from her to go get me some mugs now. But, you know, I mean, I, and let me tell you, I raised my hand. I, I have 
transparent moment. I know what it's like to have low self-esteem. You know, I know very much what it's like to have low self-esteem and not to feel good about yourself and, you know, who you are and, and, and what you mean to other people. Hey, look, raise my hand, transparent moment. I was in an unhealthy marriage for a very long time. And that can bring on other issues, you know. And, and, and so, and then, you know, just being a mom can be stressful. Being a breadwinner, having responsibilities, being unemployed. I've been unemployed before. You know, it's a lot of things that has a grief. People, and look, hey, y'all already know that story. But I say that to say that we don't always have the answers. It's not going to come overnight. It may not even come in a five-hour. We would like to be able to solve. But when it's layers after layers after layers, it means that we have to implement layers after layers of help, treatment, ongoing therapy, patience, grace, and mercy. You know, it's not overnight. It, these issues didn't develop overnight, and it's not going to be overnight in, in how we solve them. But what I do know, I want you here. I want you here so we can begin the work. You know, I don't want you to check out in the process. Because my grandmother used to tell me all the time, Danny, if you stop now, what if the best thing that ever happened in your life is just around that corner and it's heading your way, but you can't see it because of the angle you're in. So sometimes we have to readjust our angle and allow ourselves patience and forgiveness and be open to saying there got to be a better version to us. Let me just keep moving, keep going on to see what that is. Let me pro I promise you one thing. There is always a better version of ourselves if we're open to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. I don't, I don't think I have to say nothing else. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We, you know, we all, as always, appreciate y'all. Uh, if you still have any any comments, any things you want to share, any resources, tools, leave them in a comment section. Um, we see that after the show. You never know. You might share something that somebody else could benefit from and find value in. Um, and, and I would just say, you know, just Mama Brown, what you brought up for me as, as some final thoughts is that there is like so much power in, in fully listening to people. You know, I think um, I've, I've, I've been wrapped up in situations where I haven't been fully present and I haven't been like fully listening to people when they're talking to me. I thought that I was. Uh, but I just been giving them 80%, 75%. And sometimes, you know, I don't want to say feel, you have to feel, we should feel guilty for not being able to show up as our best selves all the time. But there is something about intentional listening and acknowledgement of people and really seeing people. It's almost like 
for me, in my moments, my, my, my darker moments or my darkest moments, when somebody sees me, it's kind of like, I'm like, wow. Like you, you could feel when somebody sees you, so just that for me, what it does is it makes me feel like I'm not alone because in those moments where I'm contemplating a, a, a different way, I feel alone. So somebody is able to acknowledge me in a way where it's like, no, you're not alone. It activates something in me where I feel felt and seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, that. then I'm like, oh, well, I wasn't looking over there to see. It's a little more clear now that I'm looking that way. I was just looking this way and I can only see this. And I looked over here and it's all, it's open now. It's not as foggy. And that person helped unlock that because they just sat with me and acknowledged me and didn't try to fix it, you know, or didn't try to say, do this, do this, do that, do that, or you're good. They just were like, they might even have said like, you know, I don't really know what to say, but I'm, I'm, I'm here right now and I ain't leaving. So if you want to just sit on this phone and just not say nothing, you know, then after a while, something is just said, and then you know, get your mind off of it. So just that presence and that full acknowledgement of, I see you, I'm not trying to fix you. And, and I'm here is like, unbelievable. And you know, that's a call to action right there. How about we find something about ourselves to fall in love with? Just something. I don't care how crazy it is. You know, you don't even have to share with anybody. It could be your own little thing, your only own little it factor. Might not be a lot of things we like about ourselves, but if there's just one thing that we can find within ourselves to fall in love with, maybe, maybe you know, we can start turning that that wheel to to accumulate more things about learning about ourselves that we find that is interesting to ourselves that we can embrace. One thing. That's it. We are in there. <laughs> we love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Like Mama Brown said, um, love yourself. Find something about yourself to love and, and hold on to it. Mm-hmm. See y'all next week. Thank you.